You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Well, all right, there you go. Uh, I got my friend Ben with me. Ben's been with me for now 15 years. Um, Ben is a psychologist, and I won't interview him tonight for time's sake, but sometimes I love to interview him because he didn't believe in anything supernatural. He was involved in the Catholic Church. They were really good at lighting a lot of candles and trying to get people out of purgatory. And then he was into the Calvary Chapel movement, which wasn't bad, but it was limited. And we met through an experience where there was a 10-year-old girl who was deaf, and she'd never heard one day in her life. And I had a chance to pray for this little beautiful girl. This is about 15 and a half years ago. And the girls never heard one thing. And we took out her ear, her earplugs. And Ben was next in line, him and his wife, to be prayed for. And we took out her earplugs. And I said, Jesus, if you're anywhere around the neighborhood, I ask you to open her deaf ears if you're alive. Instantaneously, with no special effects, no dramatic Christian TV stuff, her ears popped completely open. It's a true story. It's still open to this day, by the way. Um, But her deaf ears popped open, and Ben was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And we had never met before, and um, the gift sometimes that I can operate under that can help a lot of people, which I'll operate here tonight, uh, because I'm only going to speak a little bit, and I'm going to pray for people and help people. Um, But uh, we had never met before, and I told, we, we were having a conversation, I said, how are you doing? He said, my wife's got really bad migraine headaches. And my reply to that was, that sucks. <laughs> and he had never heard a minister say, that sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. God gave me this job, not me. <laughs> Qu- quite unqualified. I flunked out of Bible school. I cussed too much. And yet God takes shaky people and gives them sturdy projects. And uh, we stood there, we talked for a minute, and I go, isn't that interesting? I said, the last migraine you had was Thursday, and it was about 12, 13, it said on your dial in your car, and you were scared because you had to drive on the freeway, and the reality is you drive a white Honda and gave part of the license plate, and never met him one day in my life. And it was instant, immediately that brought us into a different conversation, and God healed his beautiful wife and gave them, and we became friends instantaneously after that. And I said, Ben goes, like, isn't it, it's cool how God uses you, but I want to be used. So one night I was in the middle of L.A., and I'm just going to use this as a prep here. I was speaking at one of the Lakers' house, and um, I saw the Lakers, one of the Lakers players' brothers uh, in a vision. I saw him shoot a gun in his mouth and tried to kill himself, but the, blank, the bullet got stuck in the chamber. And I called it out, and the guy got really nervous. And I said, God's just showing that because he loves you so much, he preserved your life for the purpose of your life. And the guy started crying, his deaf ear opened up, and people all around, we were the only, I was the only white people, and you were the only Mexican. (laughs) Come on. I was like Rexican, the Mexican, kind of pink, kind of white, whatever. And I remember that night we were supposed to go, and this is a little name drop, but we were supposed to go meet with Kelly Clarkson. And, uh, but we got a a friend of ours who'd reached out and said, there's somebody dying, and they're going to die, they believe, by morning at UCLA, USC Medical Center. I said, let's scratch Kelly. Let's go to the hospital. I go, you're coming with me. And he goes, let's do it. And so I remember we climbed up the back stairs. They let us in after hours. We go into this room, and there's this beautiful lady, and she's on her deathbed, maybe about 90 pounds, skin and bone, jaundice. And I go, I felt like God say, Ben, you can do it. Jesus can work through you too. God's not looking for superstars. Let's stop looking for the spectacular. If you want the supernatural, don't look for the spectacular, the Jesus style. Jesus, everywhere he went, he went about doing good and bringing healing to hurting people. And I said that to God years ago when I walked away from professional baseball. I'm not going to get up there and just talk about you. You're either going to show up and they're going to see you show up or else you're going to have to find somebody else for this job. You don't need another politician preacher. That ain't my flow. I want to see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John or else you're not alive, you're dead. And so I would take shots. Sometimes it worked out the way I thought. Sometimes it didn't. But you miss the shots that you say that you don't take, right? And you become good at what you practice. If I practice golf, I become better. If I practice cooking, maybe I might be a little bit better. Come on, if I watch some of the shows. (laughs) 
<laughs> if whatever you make as a practice or as a habit. So I said, I'm going to give myself to practicing miracles. Well, what if it doesn't all work? Well, I'm going to try. I don't think Peter became good at it because he dabbled with it every once in a while. Our challenge is we major in minor things. We dabble with things and flirt with things. We don't master things. Why? Because we don't concentrate our power. We like to chase two different rabbits. I call it ass mentality. Let me explain. King James Version. A donkey, an ass, a donkey... If you put two billows of hay in front of him, he can't make up what his mind is to which one he's going to eat, so he'll starve even though he has abundance in front of them. That's most people's believers. You're waiting on God, and God is waiting on you. There's a buffet in front of you, but you can't make up your mind, so you hesitate and procrastinate. Ever been there, or am I the only one? Come on. Come on. Hesitate or procrastinate. Procrastinate's a pretty powerful word. You pro, that means you forward castrate your power. Indecision's a thief. People of faith are decisive. I said I was going to make the miracles of Jesus my lifestyle. So I still read every day the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I always study usually one or two miracles a day, and after every miracle, I'll say it out loud. If you can do it, I can do it. You can do it, I can do it. You can do it, I can do it. Why? Because you live in me. You're imprisoned in my body. I don't want to imprison you. I don't want a religion. I don't want a concept of God. I want to experience the living Christ working in me, taking me through recovery, at the same time going through discovery and helping other people out of addiction, out of bondages, out of diseases, out of darkness. Come on. Why? God can use anybody. You're his work of art. His greatest investment. So we went that night, and I go, Ben, you're on, dude. I'm going to stand over here. He goes, what do I do? I go, this is just, I'll coach you while you do it. And I go, because I had somebody else coach me. I'm really glad that you're in a church where people coach you in the Jesus style. I don't want to be in the style of just whatever's going on in the world. I want to be in the Jesus style. Jesus in the middle of political unrest, in the middle of all kinds of stuff going on in the world, he didn't get caught up in it. The Essenes wanted him to play church and be a great church member. He said, nope, I got a plan. The Zealots wanted him to become a political figure. He said, nope, I got a plan. The Pharisees and Sadducees, the wooden seas and couldn't seas, they had so much religion they couldn't see God in front of their face. I got family members like that. Come on, somebody. They're so doctrinated. Praise God. You're like, yo, <laughs> you have no love. You haven't touched God. Come on. I can tell how no much you know God is how well you love people. I know a lot of people that got so much knowledge of God, but you get around them and they're the most sour, negative, freaking critical people in the world. They know nothing about the love of God. To know God is to know love because God is love. And how do you know that? You get around other people. When you get squeezed, love comes out. Come on. You see a need. I don't judge you. I don't criticize you. Why? Because if you judge people, you can't influence them. Maybe that the people that God wants to heal through your life, he's unable to because you've already labeled them and boxed them and critiqued them and you've judged them. What if somebody would have done that to you? He'd do well just to put a 10 on everybody's head. And treat them like a treasure, not a trash can. Come on. Because deep inside there, sometimes I ask God, why in the world? I've spoken to 80, about 70 to 80,000 people in the last five weeks. From Tony Robbins people to New Age conferences to everything else. Why do you let me go all these crazy places? I've been in prisons with people that have done horrific things to kids. And it's very hard to stand there with not wanting to punch and knock somebody out. I was in the White House not too long ago and I had other thoughts. Come on, people. But if you judge them, you can't influence them. If you judge it, you can't influence it. You can't heal it. And the enemy is working hard because it's so much offense inside us where we critique people in situations and we write them off that that's just them and that's permanent. And God's looking for an invasion. Come on. You're a God. You're a, look, you're an occasion for a God event. Everywhere you go, imagine if we so got into the Jesus style that Acts 10.38 became your anthem. God anointed Rex Crane of Orange County, California. Come on. 
God anointed you, come on, from El Cajon, come on, somebody, with the Holy Spirit and with power. And everywhere you go, you just go about doing good and bringing healing to oppressed people. Imagine how good your life would become if that was your anthem and your motto. You would be such in a good mood. And let me tell you something. You attract good things just being in a good mood. The biggest handicap on people that I see are believers is their attitude. It's not their, even their belief system. It's their attitude. They walk around either that they deserve something, and the devil loves that because then you're prideful and you feel that like you're more important than other people, or you have an attitude that you're inferior, that you're not worth anything. The devil doesn't mind what attitude you have. He knows it clamps God's ability to bless you, enrich you, and work mightily through you. We got in that room, and it looked like a bag of bones. And I said, Ben, just start calling life back into her. Command life to come back into her. Stand between the dead and the living. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. That means you got authority over death. See, some of you don't believe that. Why? Because your environment has talked you out of what Jesus is talking you into. One thing I've learned, if I'm going to walk by faith, I can't walk by my senses. I can't walk by the news. I can't walk by Instagram. I can't walk by what TikTok tells me. Though I pay attention to what the world is talking about, I don't let that condition my inner man. If I'm going to prove God's good, acceptable, perfect will for my life, my mind must go underneath a transformation or a metamorphosis so I begin to think like God. I don't know about you, to see what Jesus saw, I got to walk like he walked. I don't want to wear just a rubber band on my say, what would Jesus do? Let me find out what he did do. I don't got to theorize. I don't got to guess. I can go right to the source. So I don't got to live by a situation. I can live out of revelation. Maybe your challenge is you're going by what you see or a diagnosis and it's trying to talk you out of what God said. Don't let what you see talk you out of what God said. But if you're seeing in the Christian world right now, too many Christians are flinching. People with the nature and the power of God, a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind is in you. The authority of the risen Lord Jesus Christ, who absolutely made a public spectacle defeating the devil 2,000 years ago. He is on the inside of you. And most believers are asking, God, I don't want problems. Oh, my gosh. I want a problem-free year. Oh, my goodness. That's my resolution. I will not have problems. I will not have difficulties. Paul never prayed for Christians not to have difficulties because Jesus said you would have them. I prophesy this year you're going to have some challenges. A sure prophetic word. Someone's going to tick you off. Come on. Someone might give you the other finger. Come on, somebody on the highway. I'm really in the spirit right now. Oh, my gosh, I'm so deep. Paul did not pray for believers not to go through things. He prayed, Ephesians 1, 17 through 21, which I encourage you to start praying over yourself, your church, your family, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened to know the hope of his call on your life. Someone say, I have a calling. <laughs> Slap the person next to you, say, you have a calling. Come on, give him a good little new UFC nudge. Come on. A Conor McGregor elbow. You need to walk worthy of that calling because somebody else is waiting for you on the other side of that calling. Half of you agree. Maybe some of the attack that's come against your life because the enemy is trying to steal your faith in your calling. The fact that you're, it's not a matter of how you were raised, it's how you were born. You were born with a calling. You were born again into a calling. You might have been raised as an addict. You might have raised being abandoned. You might have raised having perversion in your life. You might have been raised in sickness. You might have been raised in prejudicism. But you were born again, and you were born into a calling on your life. Slap the person next to you, say, that boy's on. Come on. This is just freestyling. Come on, this is good. 
Paul said, I pray you would know the hope of your calling. You're not going to be graded on other things, but did you fulfill your calling? We need to live in the light of eternity, not in the, in the moment. Come on. We need to zoom out and number our days and sense what's vital and of real value and ask, am I living my calling? Your calling's not in your similarity. It's in your difference. The greatest mind in the universe designed you and planned you to success. It's good to pay attention to yourself. You're a marvel, a wonder, David said. A miracle, it's emotion. There's something about you that makes you different. It's part of your calling. In fact, a quick way to know that is what draws the compassion out of you is a sign of your calling of what you're anointed to heal. I can save you a lot of money in therapy. Therapist, the rapist, they rape your mind and your wallet because they keep you stuck in your then when you're in your now. And I'm not against therapists. But what I'm saying is this, imagine if you, well, I need to be fixed because I'm so stuck right now, Rex. Oh my gosh. I feel stuck. I feel like, oh my gosh, you know, like I'm paying for sins and I'm struggling with this. And you're always trying to get out of things. What if you discovered what you were really assigned to heal? I bet so much recovery would happen in your life when you get more invested in being a part of God's calling and helping other people because it takes your eyes off yourself. So much of our pain is because our eyes are on us, not him. I'm going through this. Pastor, I'm going through this. I got to step down. I need time away. I just, because I'm going through this. You do yourself some good. Even if you feel like hell tonight, go home and make some freaking chocolate chip cookies. Go buy some diapers for a mama that needs some. Find someone homeless and buy them a meal. Don't expect nothing in return and just give them Jesus. You would do so much for your freaking soul. Psalm 41 says this, blessed is the man and woman that considers the hurting. But the enemy wants to make an idol of your own pain. Why? Come on, have you ever been there before? You're going through so much and you just make an idol of your own pain. You start worshiping your own pain. Every prayer is not about changing the world. It's about getting out of your own pain and how you want to get back. What you're saying is I'm stuck in a moment that I can't get out of. Maybe if it became more merciful, how can I help somebody else out worse than me? How can I make a difference for somebody? The biggest breakthroughs are not when just God showed up and did a breakthrough for me. It's when I started reaching out to help somebody else out. I did a thing. I spoke at his house not too long ago, uh, Eddie Murphy, but he was, uh, he's a phenomenal comedian, great gift, and he was in the Midwest years ago. And he walked in with five guys into a little restaurant, and there was a guy named Louis Anderson. He was trying to be a comedian, get his career going. And Louis didn't know him, but he goes, man, I want someday to have a big life like that. I want to do something great like that. And so he went up to the, the bar and says, I want to pay for that guy's tab. I'm sure he gets that all the time. I want to pay for that guy's meal. And he was struggling at that time. But he said, I want to release something. I want to give something away. And I just want to put a value deposit on what he's done. He walked out of there, didn't tell nobody, didn't leave his number. The next day, Eddie tracked him down. And he goes, is this the guy that bought my meal? And he goes, yeah, you weren't supposed to kind of know. <laughs> and he goes, do you know you're the very first person ever in my whole entire life that's ever bought me a meal? And he goes, why did you do that? He goes, I just have respect. You know, I'd like to one day follow in that kind of a path and footstep. I wanted to sow something into where I wanted to go. Well, he was hurting. I'm just using a little story. He goes, well, it's really interesting. I have a little movie coming out called Coming to America, and I think it would be a great opportunity for you to have a debut. A career was born because he got out of himself and so they... Isn't that really powerful? So I said to Ben, I said in that room, I go, I want you to get aggressive and start speaking things. So many of us, your faith rises to the level of your confession. Your confession reveals victory or defeat. How many know your words can start a war or end a war? If you're married, how many know that's true? How many know your words, come on, can bust something up or it can really, come on, create a mood? Come on. Do you know that 85 to 87% of all the emotions you feel are directly related to the words you speak? 
Proverbs 15, 23 says, a man has joy not by having a fat bank account, the right-looking spouse, and being able to see your third ab. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. Proverbs 23, 16, your innermost being rejoices when you lips speak right things. The word right things in the Hebrew language means prosperous things, abundance things. What have you been saying over your life and other people's life? The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord believe so. No. Hope so. No. Wish so. No. Let the redeemed, the bought back out of the power of darkness, say so. How is your say so? What are you saying about what's in your life? Jesus dominated demons, resources, sickness, disease, and death. He never did a miracle without saying who he was. There's power in your mouth. Whatever follows the dynamic of when you say, I am, that's the kind of life that's going to come looking for you. You say, I am old, wrinkles will come chasing your butt down. You say, I'm big bone, come on, calories have a way to chase your butt down. Come on. Well, I'm just this, or I'm just that. How many know that your future and your fate lies in the way you see and what you say about yourself? It's good to know what you're not, but it's good to know who you are. The scripture says, don't forget what manner of people you are. Believers right now, there's been a never bigger, bigger fight. The enemy is not after you coming and singing songs. The enemy's not even after your church attendance. The devil is after one thing, your faith. And your faith, according to Romans 10, 8, is based upon what you say and the confession. Hebrews 10, 23 says, don't let go of the confession of your faith. The enemy wants to take your words out of your mouth that have to do with faith. And get you to live by what you feel. Oh my gosh. I feel this. You're not what you feel. You're what you decide. You're not what you feel. You're what you decide if you God God had a whole world he wanted to create it but nothing happened till he spoke that into being come on somebody Psalm 91 says this it says I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my strength what do you say of the Lord I had a day like where I was just feeling a little oppressed anybody ever felt one yes man of faith praise God I was feeling a little bit oppressed a little bit down in the early part of January, just kind of tired. And I remember having my Bible, and I walked by the thermostat. And I go, I got to change the atmosphere. I need to change the atmosphere in this house. I was feeling staticky in my faith. I was feeling like tight and feeling oppressed. And so I just started saying, Psalm 91, I will say of you, Lord, you're my victory. You're my strength. You're my healer. You got me out of depression. You got me out of suicide. You, you got me out of disease. You got me out of an incurable. I'm just telling my testimony the way he was talking about a minute ago. You got me out of a hell hole. You got me out of those bad thoughts. You did that. I will say of you, you're my provider when I didn't have anything. You're my way maker. Psalm 91 says, I will say of the Lord, and the next verse says, surely he will. Is there a connection between what you're saying of the Lord and what he will do in your life? What if we did the reverse? I will not say of the Lord, and he will not do. Did you catch this? Psalm 91, 2, 3, and 4, 2, 3. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my strength. What are you saying that the Lord is to you? Imagine you get up in the morning. I will say of the Lord, you're my way maker. You're my miracle worker. Your favor's on my life. You're the God that makes the way of escape. You're the God that's breaking the addiction. You're the God that's healing my soul. You're the God that's renewing my strength. You're the resurrection and the life. You're the God that sustains me. You're the God that heals me. You're my healer. God didn't tell Ezekiel, go into a dead valley of bones and just go, man, it's all broken. Come on, go prophesy some muscle, speak some life, speak some ligaments. And what was disconnected became reconnected. I came to give you a promise and a prophetic declaration. God is about to bring recovery in this valley. He's going to cause faith to flourish in this valley of alcohol. Listen to me. He's assembling a group of people in this place. I prophesy that. I'm not just saying that because it sounds good. I'm not here for a paycheck. You can't buy me. I'm not for sale. I'm not a hoe. Can't buy me. I've been on this for 25 years. He raised me up, not you. You can't set me down. 
I don't owe anybody nothing but to love them with all my heart. It's great when you know you can look in people's eyes and you're not bought. I love speaking for your pastor, Pastor Jurgen, because he knows that he will not have anybody that's bought. Why? Because there's a lot of spiritual prostitutes out there that come in and will tickle your ears, but they won't give you a revelation that challenges us. You know what? We need to freaking step into who God says we are. Not who I say I am on my own, who Jesus says I am. He's either enough or not enough. He's either all sufficient or non-sufficient. He's either a healer or a disease giver. I need to know one or the other. Something happens when you begin to shift. When my wife died on an operating bed and I'm right there with them and the doctors and the surgeons, my wife freaking died. Not she had a bad moment. She died. I'm in the operating room. I didn't sit there and go, well, Lord, if it be thine will. Uh-uh, come on. I command life. I command life. And she, she said she felt something shove her back down in her body. Things change. Maybe you need to go around your little kids say, you're a world shaker. You ain't dumb. You ain't stupid. Don't let them just say you're average. You're whatever. What, you're whatever. You're no, no. Some of you, even men and women, maybe they're not your kids. These young people that are going to start coming through our doors by the groves. They're not prodigals. They have no concept of God. Look at me for a minute. Look at me for a minute. This isn't a prodigal generation. If you're my age, come on. I'm 68. Come on. I had great plastic surgery. No, just joking. Come on, how old are you? I don't tell. Come on, in Hollywood years, I'm 31. Come on, somebody. What if, and we need to start practicing this, when we have young people walk through our doors, just don't go sit on your butt. Just don't, no, no, walk up to them. You're a champion, I believe in you. I believe in your dreams. Don't try to correct their behavior. Let's speak so much God into them that they walk out of there and they're like, what the heck? When I go there, those people prophesy life into me. Those people speak dream in me. Those people speak love into me. If the atmosphere in your life or at your home is a mess, come on, why don't you be the change you're waiting on? Stop waiting on God. Two-thirds of his name is go. Come on. The other two-thirds of his name is do. Your own help is at the end of your hand because God won't bless what you won't do. Don't wait for a preacher to prophesy to your kid if you won't prophesy to them. But, but what if I don't do it right? What if I, you're going to make some mistakes. So what? But you've got a chance to be the voice of God. Do you know most people's angels, Psalm 103, 19, live so frustrated around your life? Go study yourself on your own time. The angels of God, they do the word of God that you speak, not your own will. They're slaves to the word of God. So when you don't speak God's word over your life, your family, your home, your finances, and develop your faith muscles, you get what your faith expects. Jesus over and over didn't say, my power healed you. He said, your faith made you whole. Your faith gave you your eyesight. Your faith. See, the electricity is always going. It was alive since the beginning of time. Man had to learn how to work it and connect with it and flip a switch for the light to come on. Maybe the switch that you need to flip is the one in your mouth. Come on, somebody. And stop calling things the way they are and speak it about how it can be. I'll give you an idea, and I'm going to use his name because it just happened. It's been in the news. So a couple weeks ago, I just got done with a business meeting. I was at the top of my stairs in my home, and I said, man, I just got done. It was a little bit heavy. So I started praying in tongues. You're like, you do that? I pray more in tongues than I do in English. Why? Because Paul said, I pray more in tongues than any of you. And the only way he got revelation, they didn't have a Bible then. The way he wrote 14 chapters of the New Testament was he prayed in tongues till revelation came. Pastor will tell you why. Because your spirit knows things your head doesn't. That's why the devil fights it with religious talk. Because when you pray, you pray the perfect will of God for the saints and for your own life. And you build your own physical body. Healing happens when you pray in tongues. It opens the door. So I just started praying for 12 minutes, 12 seconds or so. I was like, You do that? Yeah, I ain't nervous. I do it in locker rooms. I've done it in the NFL, the NBA. I don't care. I'm a Jesus man, not a, not a person man. They didn't make me. I'm going to give account to him, not them. 
like me or love me, I belong to him. Come on, I'm challenging you for a minute. And so I started that. All of a sudden, the song came in my head. Remember that Ray Charles song? Georgia, Georgia, I got Georgia on my mind. Anybody remember that song? It came in my mind. It was the weirdest thing. And then I looked down at my phone, and an NFL player from the East Coast was calling me. And so I picked it up, and I just started to joke with him. I go, Georgia, Georgia. And he goes, why are you saying that? I go, it's the weirdest thing. It was just in my mind. I didn't tell him I was praying tongues. I was like, it's just in my mind. And he goes, it's the weirdest thing. I had to take a meeting late tonight, and I'm crossing over from Nashville over the Georgia line right as we talk. And I looked at my phone, and it was 9 p.m., which means it was midnight, new day on that side. I'm like, we got to talk. God's on this call. So I said, let's just talk. We were doing small talk a little bit. I go, hey, how's our friend Jerry? We have a friend, Jerry Douglas. He's been on Young and Restless for about like 40 years. He's 88 years old, whatever. He's good looking. Life of the party. You never want to have a party without Jerry Douglas. He's a freaking bomb, but he's totally anti-Jesus. And I go, what's up with our friend? I said, has he ever opened his heart to the gospel? And he goes, he never has. I go, we need to stop and pray. I said, are you okay with that? I was in my kitchen now at this point. He goes, okay. This is my prayer. I'm going to encourage you to start praying it for family members. I said, Lord, I thank you that you're exalted and you're the name above every name. I break Satan's power over Jerry Douglas's life, and I declare out of my mouth as a child of God, seated with Jesus in heavenly places, my words won't fall to the ground. He will not leave this planet until he's born again and delivered from the power of Satan. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Very quick prayer. I went on. Gave the guy a word, and it actually came to pass while we were on our phone. Somebody called him. He did not know. I said, someone's going to call you with a large offer to do something on February 7th. And it came to pass while we were on the phone. really did happen. Didn't think much about it. Got up the next morning. was down making myself some breakfast, trying to make myself some cereal. Come on, somebody. I suck at breakfast. I suck at cooking. Um, and I was down there, and I felt the Lord say, your prayers made a difference. Right then I got a call about maybe 10, two, three minutes after. And Matt, this guy called me, he goes, he goes, did you hear what happened? It's all over TMZ. Jerry died. Flip, what happened? I go, can you find out when he passed? And it happened between 9 and 15 minutes of when I prayed that night. And I was bothered for a couple days. I went and spoke for some things with like the, you know, like... Tony Robbins people and all that kind of stuff. Whatever I got done, I was, I was in a car wash, just minding my own business, and the guy's smoking his big old cigar next to me. It smelled good. I ain't going to lie. It smelled good. And he's sitting there, and all of a sudden I get a call, and there's a prophet. He's, a, he's an older man of God, almost seven years of age on the East Coast. He calls me. He goes, I just wanted to call and tell you something. You know that old man you prayed for a couple days ago? I had a vision of him that all of a sudden Jesus was in front of him up two to four feet off the ground. He opened his robe and says, do you want me? And the man said, yes. All I called to tell you was your prayers made a difference. The old man that you prayed for the other day, he made it in heaven. And the power of God hit my body. I got, holy schmoly. Don't underestimate the authority Jesus gave you. Jesus gave me. Someone say me. Someone say Jesus gave it to me. Man didn't give it to you. Come on. Can I, I know I'm 30 seconds over. Watch this for a minute. Somebody's ovaries, too. Somebody has cysts on your ovaries. Someone's being healed in their ovaries. Well, I can feel that. That's really good. Also, somebody's left heel. Who has pain in your left heel or you have a problem on your left heel? Who? DJ? Where's the pain? I got to finish what I'm saying. Okay, what happened? Okay, I like you. Just give me your hand for a minute. Jesus, if you're anywhere around the neighborhood, just close your eyes, flow through his body. I rebuke that pain. There's no pain in heaven. Boom, flow through his body. Do this in a nightclub. You wreck some stuff happen. Come on, somebody. This isn't Chris TV. Pick him up. I have no catchers. Come on, he just flew. Hope he's all right. You should have seen one night I had a lady that was in Crocs, and she was running. She got healed. She was in a walker. Wait, yo, this is going to be dope. Because also God's about to change your life. He's about to introduce you to the ministry he has for you. Yeah, for real. 
People tried to write you off because of decisions you made six years ago. But God says, I'm going to redeem the time. I'm also going to redeem things financially for you. So it's not just the physical side tonight because he's a God of hearts. But watch as he opens up an avenue of revenue that's going to open for you very swiftly. You're going to see very swiftly it's going to happen. March, April, March, April. And I do want to say, don't be intimidated, church. If you see a slow financial thing that's happening around the world or around America in the month of March, because April's going to come and you're going to see something tremendous that the Lord's going to do. I want to say that just because I can tell you that in the Holy Ghost. But this is something for you, sir. God's going to open up and he's going to redeem things. And there was a bruised relationship of something happened six years ago. And it left things discolored inside you. There was like scar tissue in the night. The Lord's going to supernaturally remove that tissue. And he's going to open up to the ministries that you're not going to be the same person. And people are going to recognize that. You're not going to have to feel like I have to overcompensate anymore. The Bible says you're brand new. You're as righteous as you're ever going to be and there is great freedom and great peace upon your life from this moment in Jesus name watch now move your heel and watch how good you feel you tell them that's not strict photography or nothing we've never talked what happened Ben interview him hey DJ what's going on how does it feel feels great like no like I was limping in here why and then, huh? Why were you living? It's been a, like, I used to be in the Navy. I used to be standing up, like, cooking all the time. Being on your feet sucks. So, For how long, how long were you struggling? Huh? It's, it just happened, like, this this week. Like, I, I would wake up, and it just hurts like crap. Where'd it go? Like, now, like, I'm, I can't, I couldn't do this, like, in the morning. <laughs> Why don't you give the Lord a clap? That's really cool. Have we ever talked? Is that freaking deep too about the six years ago, huh? And the scar tissue, you know what I'm talking about on that, on the relationship. Isn't that amazing that God knows your past, present, but your intended future? And even while you're feeling the sting of some of the bad things that happened or you even caused, heaven's talking behind your back about how great your life's about to become. You got a yellow brick road. The lions, tigers, and bears couldn't knock you off it because you're still in faith in the year 2022. Why don't you give the Lord a clap and a shout? I'm going to pray for him in a minute. But there's also people here with stomach problems. Just stand up. You have stomach problems, gastrinal problems, where it's in your pain in your stomach. Don't be, don't be embarrassed. A lot of us have had that happen. Come on. There's a lot of people that just struggle in that. Come on, there's 100 million Americans in chronic pain. Are we going to be watchers of people in pain and go, well, God, if you want to, God, you can use somebody else but not new. Why don't we stand up? Come on, I want to look at my hands. If this says the pleasure of the Lord could prosper in Jesus' hand, God could do unusual miracles with the hands of a man named Paul that killed people and threw Christians in bags of snakes. What can he do with my hands? These hands could do bad, but they could do good. I want God's will to thrive in my hands. My hands laid on the sick, not Jesus' hands laid on the sick. My hands laid on the sick. They shall recover. Not might, not maybe. I don't get in the car and go, I sure I hope it worked. No, 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 no. I'm gonna pray. For, just lift your hands. Every if you see someone around you, just put your hand on their shoulder, not their head. I'll tell you why. When you put your hand on people's heads, that scares people and they don't receive healing. When you put your hand on their shoulder, they'll receive from you. Those of you that are receiving healing, just say, I believe and I receive from you, Jesus. Healing into my body right now. Many of you are going to feel a warmth go through your stomach. I rebuke the source of affliction, and I command it to go right now. I break its power off your body, and I command that source of affliction and illness in your stomach, even sour stomach, and some of you even the effects of even the COVID thing. There's someone's lower lung being healed too, the lower, from a COVID situation. Your lower lung, it's been tough to breathe. Where are you? Is that you? Come, if you don't mind, run fast. I'm still praying for the other people. I see the lower lobe, the lower two lobes. You've got eight lobes in your lungs. What's your name? Pam? Nice to meet you. You're a very, very nice lady. Nothing scary is going to happen. This really nice guy with the hat's right behind you. You're not going to fall. I'm not going to let you fall. But I want you to close your eyes. And even while people are being healed out there, we command people to be healed. I want you to stretch your hands towards this wonderful woman. Lord, I thank you 
for your healing presence flowing through her body. You're going to feel a warmth go through your lobes. I'm going to show you what to do. Someone with a lung condition, command their lungs to open, their lobes to open. Don't just sit there go try to beg God to heal. You don't got to beg God. He was a healer before there was a problem. You don't got to convince God, like, yeah, go, go study your Wikipedia, God. You know who you are. He gave you authority. Let's use it. Come on, I'm gonna, let's do it. Come on. Your prayer can really make a difference. If we're going to be believers, let's be believers, not unbelieving believers. You could do this. You don't got to be all charismatic. You don't got to be all crazy. Let's just use your authority. You got power over the devil. Stop treating the devil like he's got more power than Jesus inside of you. Lord, I thank you for touching our friend Pam. We command these lungs, these lobes. Watch, you're going to feel the warmth go through there. Bam, now open, 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 open. Watch, this is going to be a really good one. Watch, hold on, wait, 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 watch. Those of you guys can sit down just for a minute. You're right. Lord, thank you. Well, this is going to be good. There's somebody here too with the asthma. Asthma. You're, yeah, you asthma. You have asthma? Run to the front like the price is right. This is really good right now. I'm not as cute as Bob Barker was. I got less hair. Stand behind her. Just close your eyes. You're a really nice lady too. I saw you helping us usher in today. You gave us a parking spot, but you took the handicap. You, you put us in the handicap. Did you think I was handicapped? I'm just playing with you. <laughs> Stretch your hands toward her. Come on. Jesus, flow through her lungs. I command to open. I don't want everybody rushing up on me, okay? Let me call you out. Flow through her lungs now. Boom. You're going to feel a warmth go through your left-hand side of your lungs. In Jesus' name, be healed. Take a deep breath. What just happened? For real? You tell the truth just what happened. I can actually breathe. My chest doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah, it was hurting much earlier today, and it doesn't hurt anymore. Take a deep breath. What did it? What was it like before? Chest pain. I had a trouble. A little softer. Sorry, guys. I had tightness in my chest earlier this evening. Came in. Now it's not there. Okay, take a big deep breath. Free health care. It's better than all of the president's plans better than Obamacare. Joe Biden doesn't know where he's at. And better than the Trump plan, Jesus is the ultimate plan. How many know God is a healer? Give the Lord a clap. Give the Lord a clap. Give Jesus the credit. His name, there's power in his name. His name. Imagine if you became so confident that where you go, RG3, the quarterback that lost his career, Ben talked him into it. He goes, let my boy pray for you. I was helping Deshaun Jackson on a coaching side, and he lost his career, and I told him a word. The Lord's going to give you back your career. You're going to be back in the NFL in two weeks. They're going to write about it on ESPN. He could not walk, tore everything. They said his career was over outside of the stadium, right there inside with Pierre Gosson and all the rest of them. Power got shot through them, and he pulled his arm and goes, what the, was that? He felt the power of Jesus. I go, that's Jesus. He's alive. This isn't Buddha. This isn't Confucius. This isn't magic. This isn't mysticism. This isn't the law of attraction. This is a living Jesus. The resurrection and life. He's life. Give the Lord a clap. This is cool. Come here. Okay, come here. What's, what's the difference? Just feel more open, I guess. Does it take a deep breath? Is there a difference there? You feel more energy. Does it normally, would you have like pain or discomfort or in breathing? In fatigue? Where's all that? Where's all that now? It's not there. Aren't you glad you came to church? It's cool. And we got a cool church and you're just like nice. What do you do for work? What do you do? You were an ER nurse. You're not working right now. Okay, what do you want to do? God, I pray you'd open up something really special for our friend. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, that you'd really show favor. And I thank you for two really amazing offers that are going to come to her in the month of March. Look at March 16th through the 23rd. And I thank you, Lord, you're going to even make stuff up to her. Dreams that have not been fulfilled yet are going to come to pass swiftly. I thank you in Jesus' name. 
This year's not a year to catch up. This is a year to overtake for you. You're not going to have just a welfare spirit of just trying to hold on. No, 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 no. You're breaking through. You don't got to push over spirit. You got to take over spirit. You made it. And I want to say this. God is a father, not as just God all powerful. As a father, he's really proud of you. I feel like I'm actually supposed to tell you that. Don't, no, no music just for a second. No music, just raw, just raw. We're almost done. No, no, no symbols, nothing. I, want, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you that God is really proud of you. I see an injury on the inside. It was like a four-year span or a four-year thing or a four. It was four, four. And I see the Lord, he's going to cut out the sting of that. And he's going to make things up to you in this season. In this next season, he's going to make things up to you. Doesn't he say this? And according to Zephaniah, he says, in every place you've known dishonor and shame, I will restore your name and give you fame. And I will restore your fortunes before your eyeballs. That's a promise from God's word. Isn't that powerful? And that's for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Okay. Real quickly, there's a couple that you've been trying to buy a house and it's been a little bit insufficient for what's needed to purchase the home. It keeps coming up short. The Spirit of God talked to me about you the other day. I got to find it in my flipping notes. See, your intimacy with God determines your impact with man. You hear me? You're as close to God as you want to be. He wants to reveal more to you than what you want to know, than even what you're capable of asking. I love to ask him questions. I mean, he, I, I asked him questions years ago, and he's, he's revealing it. When did, how, did the, how did the COVID virus get into America? He showed me it got in through Canada. Then it started adding up. Trudeau brought the whole Chinese government in to do stuff in London, Ontario. That's why it invaded New York City. Oh, this will be revealed. You just watch. God decided he, if he can trust you. Come on. If he can trust you, if you'll give him the credit. But I want to say this to you. He's going to make up the difference. And what, I'm going to say this. Um, you've been trying to buy a home and keep coming up short. And God says this. I'm going to cover your short. I am going to cover your short try again strike it again in faith the lord says it didn't work the other time because i have something better coming your way that you did not see that was going to put you in an awkward position upside down in four years and give you pain in seven and the god says i blocked one to give you what's about to become and i'm going to cover your short and you're going to watch a supernatural intervention of my hand be able to help you and accelerate that path this time it will work and you will own a home give the Lord a clap and a shout. That's powerful. Hey. Hey, if you got if you're believing God for own your own home, take it for yourself. Don't just let it pass you by. Well, he didn't call me out by name. Come on, somebody. Come on. Take that for yourself. How, how many of you enjoyed tonight? I want to be honorable and mindful of our kids, pastors, and everybody back there. And somebody sent an email to me today, said, can you come in and minister to all the people that wanted to be in there that are with our kids tonight? The answer is yes. So if you'll let me in a minute, I'm going to pray for every person here real quickly. And then I'm going to, some, if you guys can, somebody can take me to the kids. I want to make sure that we minister to them and do an incredible favor. If you have kids in there, make sure those people feel your love and appreciation. Sometimes it's a thankless job. How do you know I did it when I started out? No one would let me speak because I cussed too much. So they put me with the little kids. I didn't teach them about like, I don't think it was like Jonah. I think it was like talking about Flipper, <laughs> Free Willy. I did my best and gave them goldfish and told them God loves them. You got to prosper where you're planted. You got to step out to find out. Come on, nothing changes till you do. How many know that's true? 
So I'm going to ask you to do something for a minute, okay? I'm going to ask you to lift your hands. And as a point of contact, I'm going to really pray with all my heart for you. I'm not going to pray some weak prayer. You need something. You came to break through in an area tonight. Maybe it's mentally you've had a lot of depression on you. Maybe you're battling an addiction. Maybe it's an addiction to perversion. Maybe it's addiction to bad habits, negative thinking. Maybe you got DMs that you just refuse to get rid of, and that's your go-to because it gives you comfort. I feel like I'm prophesying to somebody in here. And God sees it, and it's stunting his ability to bless your life. He's trying to bring you the ultimate, but you're stuck on and something inferior. You need to shed something. Come on. I'm going to pray, and there's a power that's going to be released. Plug in. Switch your your faith. Come on. And as I pray, to say, Lord, I believe whatever you, if you agree with it, say, I believe and I receive when I pray. You ready? Lord, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. And as I walk these aisles, I pray the healing shadow of you, Jesus, would overshadow every sick body, every hurting mind, every hurting heart, every tormented person. I command to be free. I bind every unclean, tormenting spirit. I take authority over you, and I adjure you to leave the people of God's minds. I command the spirit of doom that's brought so much doom and fear and terror into people's hearts and minds about bad things that could happen. I break the spirit over our hearts and over our homes. This night, the spirit of dread, I command you in the name of Jesus to go. And I command that spirit of infirmity, illness, and affliction to be broken off us and our families. I declare that Jesus is the savior of our hearts, our minds, our bodies, and his life is being released right now into your limbs, into your blood. I feel somebody of lupus is being healed. I command headaches to go. I command arthritic problems to go. I pray you would speed up, Lord. I pray people's metabolisms and people that have not been able to have children, I pray they would have children. I break the spirit of addiction tonight, and I thank you for a path to wholeness, a path to wholeness and healing. And Lord, tonight I pray that you would give every one of us a spirit of revelation to know the hope of your call on our lives. I pray the riches of your inheritance, and we would know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us as we believe. So I pray tonight that every chain of darkness would be broken, and I pray tonight that the freedom and the life of God would fill every home and family, and families that are disconnected, that the love of God would bring reconnection where there's disconnection, and that avenues of revenue would be released, and I pray sources of income would multiply that we read multiple streams of income. And I thank you that you take pleasure when your kids prosper according to your word. So Lord, I thank you tonight that there would be a release of sudden supernatural increase financially over every person under the sound of my voice. If you believe it, say, Lord, I believe and Lord, I receive. And if you receive it, praise God as if it's really gonna come to pass. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.